3WBC. And welcome to 94.1 FM, 3WBC, for another episode of VFL Rewind. Uh, as per usual, I'm joined by the great man, Peter Liash. Liashi, welcome to VFL Rewind. Thanks, Brad, for having us for another week. Round 20, mate. We're really at the business end of the VFL home and away season now. All the movers and shakers are coming out now. We're, oh, we're, we're yeah. down to almost nine teams, or could say ten. Werribee is still mathematically a chance to make the finals. So Give us the, give us the sum for Werribee to make them, mate. Well, they need to win both and hope things go their way. Yep. So um, they, they're two games behind, and they play two games. And they've got Richmond who've only got one game, so that it falls in their favour, doesn't Correct. it? Correct. Yep. And Gold Coast play have got two. So yep. they win both their games and you know, maybe by forty or fifty points, sixty points, say they might be there when when the rips whips are cracking, but uh, yeah, we, we we don't know yet. Put this one down, mate. I reckon Southport will beat the um, Suns on the weekend, so that will help Werribee. Well, they need redemption. The Southport Sharks have uh, been pretty ordinary form of late. Uh, on the show tonight, we've got three absolute rippers. Yep. These these three men are just if you were, if you were, if you were playing football at school and you had the backs against the wall and you, everyone was picking their players, these guys would be the ones you'd want in their team. They're great characters, great players. We're their heart on their sleeve too. And our first guest will be Don Brew, the skipper of Werribee Football Club. Yep. Then we've got for our, a little bit mixed up tonight, we've got uh, Lockie George uh, for our VFA Legends segment. 175 games. Four uh, clubs. Four clubs. Two, 2013 VFL Team of the Year. Life member as well. So... Yep. Great man, Lockie George. And last up, Tommy O'Sullivan, who played 150 games uh, last week. Uh, he's an absolute gentleman as well and a premiership player, absolute ripper, Tommy O'Sullivan. I'll tell you a funny story. I remember Tommy O'Sullivan's first first season at Port Melbourne because it was my first Number season. Number 45, I reckon no, he was. 55. 55, that's 55. it. 55. Um, I think he'd been knocked back at training at the Northern Blues. Because we know he's the um, son of Shane O'Sullivan, who was involved at the Carlton Football Club, former Oakley coach, former Brisbane chief executive, etc., etc. But he he came down to Port Melbourne, and we thought, who's this little um, little slow bloke from um, Caulfield Grammarians? And look at him now, 150 games, Amazing. and probably next year all things going well, or, or maybe the year after life um, membership. Life membership, yeah. So um, he's what 30, 31. So um, obviously, a few years ago, the AFL dream probably stopped. There was probably a time when he was 23, 24, where clubs were looking at him, but he, it's probably his height and his his speed that probably went against him. Yeah, I think I think as well, I don't know if, um, I think from memory, Stevie Lawrence encouraged him to, to go to uh, to Port Melbourne after um, seeing him at, at Caulfield Grammarians. And uh, yeah. I think that, you know, I think he sort of realised he was good enough and he was in his first season, he... I remember in the practice matches he started in the seniors, and then he sort of he sort of played I think a few games in the reserves. But by the end of the year, he's back in the seniors again, and yeah. pretty much ever since then he's been a senior player and yeah, up to one fifty now, which is yeah. a fantastic achievement. In the number four, um, made yeah. famous by uh, try remember who wore number four for Port Melbourne. No, Tony Lockett did. So Gary Bryce wore number four. That's oh, yeah. who it was. So number four, famous number, and, and Tommy O'Sullivan's making it, making his own. He's probably played the most games in number four now for the club. So I reckon he'd be probably right if he if he hasn't, he wouldn't be far behind Barrel. Yeah, so. Bar- Barrel. Yeah, he's two since Gary Bryce at um, Port Melbourne. Yeah. So. Yeah, really looking forward to tonight's show. An absolute fantastic show. Ripper, yep. three special guests. Uh, we'll get stuck straight into the scores, Oliashi. And um, we had some interesting games over the weekend. Um, we had a, what was it, a 60-minute quarter? Technically, it wasn't a 60-minute quarter, but uh, 
it got Robbo excited um, oh, on the on the VFL up. We were, what was it up to? Fifty eight minutes? Or? Yeah, fifty eight minutes. I was, I was thinking nineteen eighty southeastern <laughs> churches grand final between St Kilda City and Port Colts. So that's that quarter went fifty seven minutes because there was also <laughs> twenty two reports. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, because <laughs> we were we were looking at him and going, "This isn't right. This isn't right." And yeah. then Robbo said, "There's a glitch or something." So no, Robbo said he was actually up there playing playing <laughs> April Fool's strike a little bit late. <laughs> so first game we had was uh, GWS versus Essendon. Essendon have turned the corner. They're playing some good footy. They got the chocolates. Uh, 15.999 to 10.969 puts GWS's uh, finals aspirations uh, to the curb. And mm. uh, well done to Essendon Football Club on the win. You you wonder why it took so long for Essendon to fire up. Had they been able to win, what were they, 0-8 and eight or 0-9 and yeah. nine at one stage? Had they actually won, say, three out of those first eight or nine, they could have been in real contention. They would have been, and I think that they it took them a while to get into gear. Yeah, I know that uh, early on though. Yeah, they were playing. Remember the Box Hill. Yeah, that oh, first yeah. half. That that was that is one of the most disappointing halves of footy I've seen by a team. Oh, it was hideous. But yeah. since then, it's like they've flicked a switch and they've yeah. they've turned the corner. Because I think a few yeah. weeks later they beat Coburg. Yeah. So they they're definitely one that uh, next year if they can uh, keep some of them young players together they'll be uh, good. Next one we had was uh, Brisbane versus uh, Werribee. Brisbane twelve six seventy eight defeated Werribee nine twelve sixty six. What unto Werribee on the win? Tommy Gribble again as per usual thirty eight touches. Um, absolute star for uh, Werribee. Ryan Lester another good one for Brisbane had twenty seven. Uh, next one we had was this was an absolute shocking. Shocking. That was a shocking. It was a shocking. I was shocked. Yeah. I was shocked that it blew out yeah. so much because Coburg was so good the week before against Shillong. Yeah. They played really good. Um, but in saying that, you know what? Footscray are good. Yeah. Footscray, another one like Essendon, yeah. if they had have won an extra ga- extra couple of games, yep. totally they agree. would be in the eight at the moment. And oh. I'd, I'd say they're, they'd be a danger team there. Yeah. They've been playing some really good football the past month, Footscray. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they got the win. Big oh. result 24 14, 158 to 5 5 35. And I'll tell you what, the one bloke they could have used, Coburg, on that day. Went out and kicked 15 <laughs> yeah. goals, and albeit at first division, which is second division in the Eastern Footy League for East Ringwood. But, you know, let's hope Sammy gets back into that side um, for the next couple of games and really, so. t- really turns it on as well. Um, the next game was um, uh, um, Collingwood versus the Seagulls. The Seagulls were actually competitive in the first quarter, and then they, like a young side, they dropped off. Um, Collingwood 22-8-140, defeated Williamstown 9-8-62. It's been a tough old year for the Williamstown Football Club, but I think um, they'll look back at this year as a good learning year. They'll do a few list changes here and there, um, like every club does every year, and with the salary cap possibly going up next year, you'll probably see one or two experienced players being brought into that side with, um, say, 100 AFL game experience, and that should get them back on track. So if you're a Williamstown supporter, yeah, it's a disappointing year, but I don't think you'll be in the doldrums too long. I don't think so. I think that, yeah, they're, they're a team that's going to bounce back pretty yeah. quickly, especially if the salary cap goes up. Yeah. They're a team that can afford to spend money. So, yeah. so hope, hopefully hopefully they've signed Justin Plapp. I know they're looking at a new VFLW coach, but hopefully... 
Justin Plapps there for another year or two. I know he's probably got ambitions to get back into the AFL as well, but um, he's a good bloke. We've interviewed him a couple of times, and I think he's the right person to get Williamstown kick-started again. Um, the next game is the game we covered at um, Skybus Stadium. Uh, and the Box Hill Hawks had a comfortable win there, 16-8, to 8-5-53. Um, how, good, how good was that? Gonna, I'm going to say say a name to you, Laoshi, and try not to laugh, please. Yeah. Willy Wonka. Yep. How good was he on Saturday? He, he, he sold candy to the left, sold candy <laughs> to the right. He might as well be Willy Wonka, yeah. Uh, what, what, what a fantastic... I think it's one of Fletcher's best um, oh, calls. Like, we've had the wet, slippery banana peel... <laughs> What else have we had? We've had something about the tree at Box Hill. But um, sanding, selling candy to the left, selling candy right, he might as well be Willy Wonka. Oh, he's got a bright future, uh, Fletch, hasn't he? He's... It was a rip. I don't think Jason Bennett could have pulled out something like that. But, um, you know, we all we all lost it for about 30 seconds there. So. We, we did, and Fletch, Fletch definitely was the uh, highlight of the day with his uh, comedy. And he's becoming a very good commentator for anyone who does listen to our football broadcast during the week. Uh, Fletch Fraser is yep. our, one of our commentators. Uh, yeah. yeah. Box Hill Football Club, yeah. they needed that win. Benny Cavara kicked three. Um, yeah, on one, of them, one of the goals was really good, one goal yeah. of the day. Yeah. Um, Fergus Green kicked two. Uh, Frosty Miller is starting to heat up as well, so that would be an, an interesting talking uh, point. Uh, and you caught up with your good friend Rocky Lloyd at the end I of did. the game as well. I did. The bone-crunching handshake. And I did. It's, 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 one, of my, one of my favourites, the cold figure yeah. of the peninsula, yeah. gets the deals done. Absolute yeah. fantastic networker down there. Yeah, uh, it's all the sponsor. You look around the, the ground, you see all these sponsors: Mercedes Benz, and you know Skybus. All these big names. So you know he's getting the job done down there. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get David Dunbar down to Frankston one day, then, eh? Oh, the great, yeah, <laughs> yeah Dave, get, David Dunbar, ex, ex, yeah, uh, ex, ex Frankston, Paul Melbourne Mom, coach, yeah. yeah. So you see how him and Rocky get along. Uh, <laughs> be very interesting. Um, we'll move on, eh? Um, the Sydney Swans had a twenty-point win. 13-17-95 to North Melbourne, 11-9-75 uh, Sunday, um, Sunday morning, Saturday morning um, at Arn Street. Unfortunately, Josh Kennedy um, did a minor hamstring injury, so hopefully he recovers in time and we haven't seen the last of Josh Kennedy. Fingers crossed. The, fingers Sydney, the Sydney version, obviously, the West Coast version had a day did you, out. Did you get your Josh Kennedy uh, retirement T-shirt, Lashy? The one the one from <laughs> from Bali where it had all the West Coast uh, stuff behind it and had Josh Kennedy from Sydney on the Jeez. No, could you imagine buying that? <laughs> now, this is a really good game. Even though Sandringham won't be in the finals this year, um, they really served it up to Geelong at Geelong. I know Geelong haven't been in great form, but this would have been a good game game to be at. Um, the Cats, two-point victors over over Sandringham I, on Sunday afternoon. At I, I watched the last 10 minutes of this. Yep. And um, it was a it was a very good game, actually. It was, a, it was a really good standard. One thing I do want to say, though, the umpires have got to use a bit of common sense sometimes. Yep. There's about 30 seconds left, and they paid a pretty iffy, deliberate. Um, I don't reckon it was there. Yep. The commentators probably agreed. Um, and 30 seconds later, the siren went. Um, if you're kicking the ball forward and there's 29-minute mark, you're not going to be deliberately – and you're behind. Yeah. You're not going to be deliberately kicking the ball out of bounds, are no, you? So no. I think this deliberate rule, sometimes they get in the, the player's head a bit too much and, and try and determine what they're doing. If the ball kicks and it goes to the left and it goes out of bounds, I don't think it's deliberate. It's yeah. just my opinion, but – um, well done to Geelong on the team. They ended their seven or eight game losing streak. So yeah, they had a big losing streak. They really, probably should have beaten Casey earlier in the year. 
Uh, the last game, and I've got a bin, bin jolly question after this one after uh, afterwards. Um, Richmond uh, had a comfortable win against the Northern Bullants, uh, 21-10, 136-7-12, 54. It's been a long year for the Northern Bullants, and I think there'll be a few changes on that playing list and that coaching department, but Wag Malcoon and the guys will um, address the downfalls of 2022, and I reckon you will see a better Bullants side in 2023. I, I do agree with that. I think they'll be better for the run. They've yep. got some very good, young, exciting players. A uh, young Will Mitchell, he is an absolute star. Yep. The last block of football month, he's been absolutely fantastic. And he's one that I know he's 26, 27. He's probably a bit too old maybe for the AFL radar, but he's one if he sticks at the VFL for the next Ooh. few years. I think he was at Sandy for memory, then he crossed over to Northern Bullants. Who's that? Uh, Will Mitchell. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. he's definitely one that... Barry, I, Barry's son. They want to... Ex- if the Bullants want to try and get a hold of him, because if you've got Tommy Wilson and Will Mitchell in the guts of the ground and you've got a pretty good forward line and a defence, they're going to be a very good slide right. for it. And we've got our little mate down the bottom. Oh, like, Billy. Like, little, like a little tip rat. <laughs> um, okay, now, I've got a got a message. Um, G'day, Laoshi, long-time listener, first-time contributor, Jason from Port Melbourne. Ben Jolly went to Essendon in a coaching role playing. Where is he at with... His football as he's not getting game time at the moment. Interesting question, Jason. I'll tell you where he is right now. I wish he was back at Williamstown or Port Melbourne because he would actually get the game's record. And that's what we're all hoping for. I honestly hope that Ben gets a little bit selfish. He's not that type of guy, but actually thinks about how hard he's worked to get so close. I can think of a couple of clubs where he could fit in to get that record. Um, Williamstown, where he played, obviously. Um, Frankston could do a lot, a lot worse. A um, little bit of experience, maybe get him to train with his local club because obviously he lives um, in Ascot Vale. Um, Coburg, he'd be a great fit. Northern Bullants, he'd be a great fit. He'd probably even be a great fit at Port Melbourne. Um, what do you reckon, Brad, with uh, uh, Ben Jolly? Ben Jolly is one of the fittest blokes on. V- I think I've said this a few times. Ben Jolly is one of the fittest blokes at VFL level. Uh, if you go and watch him train, you'll see how professional he's in the ultimate professional. We've had a chat with him about it as well. And he, he I know I know you can talk about age all you want, but he he's a the thing with Ben Jolly is he's such a smart footballer mm. that he just knows where to position himself. You put him on half back and he'll get the ball. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't put him up forward maybe. I don't know. I've never seen him up forward much, but the way he reads the play he'd be a perfect half back and he did that for Port. Northern Bullants would be crazy not to look, to look at him. Yep. Um, I would, I'd throw the kitchen sink at him. To be perfectly honest, yep. somewhere like Northern Bullants, where yep. he could potentially be a player mentor yep. and a player across yep. half back, because that's the thing. A young team like the Bullants need a bit of leadership out yep. there as well, and Ben Jolly would be perfect for that. Yep. Um, he's going to probably. The thing with Bullants is they're going to pick their best twenty-two, and unfortunately at Essendon, you know what it's like with some of these AFL clubs is yep. you can. Sometimes you can be on the VFL list, and because you know the AFL players have got the precedent, that he just doesn't get a game. And yeah. I think every VFL fan is pretty feels a bit down about Ben Jolly the situation yeah. at the moment. And um, I think we're, we're all hoping at this time of the year, at the start of this year, I think we're all hoping by this time of the year that we'll be celebrating Ben Jolly three hundred. Yeah. And unfortunately, it hasn't hasn't um, eventuated, but it's not over yet. Yeah, I think that. Uh, I think there's still a bit of hope for him. So fingers crossed we do see him bounce back next year. Yeah, I hope he goes on. I hope he just doesn't doesn't think, oh, well, I'll, I'll pull up some now. Let's, yeah. let's hope somebody grabs him in. What, what's he required, 13 or 15 games? Uh, two, 
I think he was 289 or 288. So yeah, sure. he needs to get to 302 yeah. to equal it and 303 to to, the, yeah. to break it. Um, he might do a Mark Taylor and get to 302 and retire. That'd be pretty cool. But uh, yeah. he, he definitely uh, deserves it. And one yeah. more year, please, Ben, if you are listening, we, yeah. uh, for all of us VFL fans, please, you deserve it, mate. You yeah. deserve it. You've been no. one of the absolute rippers of the VFL the past 20 don't, years. Don't worry when I catch up with him. I'll keep nagging. <laughs> anyway, we better go to we'll, a break because Dom's waiting we'll, for us. We'll, we'll be back after the break. We'll have Dom Brewery, the skipper of the Werribee Football Club, after the break. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. LP Antiques and Collectibles. Aaliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. MR Davids Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM, 3WBC, and 3WBC Football. With every Box Hill Hawks game live, this is VFL Football on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. This game's had it all today, folks at the MCG, the home of football. This is Maker. Oh, deep on the left half forward flank, punt road, and he chips it onto App. Oh, App comes to memory, turns on his left, and bang! That's it! That's it! Memory has kicked his 100th goal of the season! Thanks, Rex. Plan your celebration with the Tobin Brothers Funerals Memory Maker app. Find out more at tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Tobin Brothers Funerals are a 3WBC sponsor. And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM at 3WBC. We're at the point of our first special guest for the evening. And we're an absolute rip, as I said off the top of the show. This man is, an, is one of my favourites in the VFL, uh, wears his heart on his sleeve, loves the tackles, loves getting involved with the football. He's, uh, yeah, come down from uh, the country. He's a country lad and uh, he's an absolute ripper. And he joins us on the line now, Don Brew, the skipper of the Werribee Football Club. Don, welcome to VFL Rewind and thanks for taking our call. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me. G'day, Dom. How are you? How's she speaking? Have you um, yeah, assessed... <laughs> you're going well, mate. Um, uh, have you um, assessed uh, Werribee's year so far, mate? Is there sort of something you look back and think, geez, I wish we could have um, won a couple more games early on in the year? Yeah, yeah. Bloody oath, mate. It's, uh, it actually stings a bit, um, looking back on some of our missed opportunities, as you'd say. Um yeah, it's very disappointing, but we've still got two games to go, and uh, I'm a wishful thinker, and, um, you know, it's still a chance, so we've got two to focus on, win the next two, and uh, we'll just see how the mop flops, but yeah, definitely, it's been a... Uh uh, a bit of a tough one to swallow this one, so, yeah. Yeah, we were just saying at the start of the show, Dom, it's still mathematically a chance, so if you win you both the two, I mean, uh, Gold Coast and Southport have got, um, you know, they, they're... They're, they're, that's a that's an interesting game. So that that could almost you know if Southport knock them off and um, Richmond have got the boy, it could be game one again. So you know, uh, yeah, fingers yeah. crossed. Uh, the boys can can bounce back. I uh, got a question. Uh, Tommy Gribble, um, yeah, he's an absolute ripper. He, he's he just keeps on getting the ball and he's just so uh, I guess so consistent with his footy. Um, what is it like? I guess you and uh, Tommy are co-captains. Um, what's Tommy yeah. bring to the table and what type of fella is Tommy? Uh, Tommy's actually great. He's one of my best mates. We um we actually lived together uh, when uh, just out of COVID. He moved into my joint um, for a bit there. And uh, no, nah, yeah, he's one of my best mates. He's he's a star, mate. Um, 
Honestly, I played, I think I'm about 70-odd games in now, and he. I played all 70 with him. I don't think uh, I've missed one. Him and uh, Matty Hampson as well. Um, they're just absolute studs of the VFL, mate. Like, I'm firm believer if they were given the opportunity at a higher level, they would have done very well. Um, yeah, I couldn't speak more highly of Tommy. He's just, yeah, as you said, 35 every week. Cracks in. Everyone, everyone sort of knocks him a bit um, and reckons he doesn't get a hard ball, but... Uh, He's at the bottom of the pack, so I can assure you. <laughs> <laughs> now, Dom, Nichols Middle up in Darwin, mate. I was disappointed you didn't go back up there um, last summer to go back-to-back, mate. Uh, any plans of getting up to Darwin? I love Darwin footy. I go up there three, two or three times uh, for two, three, three weeks every January and February, and I did get to watch you up there. Um, yeah. Is there any plans to go back to Nightcliff or maybe even to a better club like Waratah? <laughs> Yeah, Tarzman here, yep. Yeah, no, um, obviously last year couldn't go back up. There was a bit of muck around with COVID and um, that sort of set up. But my missus is actually still up there. So I've, I've done long distance for the past uh, year and a bit. Um, yep. So she stayed up there. But, yeah, maybe I'm heading back up there. I've uh, got to go see her. Um, That'd be a good idea to see her. <laughs> hey? that, would, that would be a good idea to see her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah buddy, I'm in the bad books. But, uh, but, uh, no, it's, uh, I loved it up there, mate. It was an absolute treat to uh, go up there and play. And uh, I had a ball. Absolutely. Met some lifelong friends. It was fantastic, yeah. Oh, we'll get the contract ready for you at Waratah then, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Airsie would be happy. Airsie, A Bank, the boys down there, they'd be wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted to, we had, uh, I think we've had one Werribee guest on this year, and it was uh, Mick Barlow at the start of the year. And uh, I guess Mick Barlow, he's you know, a former grade of the Werribee Football Club, and now he's uh, the senior coach. He's still pretty young, and he gets all the philosophies of football and all that. Um, yeah. I guess you've had a lot of different coaches in your time, but um, I guess how's your relationship with Mick Barlow? Because I know uh, I, read a, I read a comment from Mick, and he says, you're one of the most uh, dedicated people. Uh, your, your empathy and your understanding for your teammates is... He's probably the, the best he's ever seen. Uh, you got a bit of a return serve for Mick, and yeah, um, what's, what's what type of uh, senior coach has Mick been? Uh, Mick's been good. Um, yeah, he's a young coach. Uh, I've obviously been very lucky with having some of the coaches I've had. Um, you know, Johnny, my first couple was good, and then Choco, um, now Mick. And then across my journey as well, I had Aka back in all three. Um, uh, Mick's good. Mick, he, he's young. Uh, but he's learning. Uh, we're all learning, aren't we? Oh, I'm first year captain. I'm learning. Uh, but no, Mick's great, mate. To play with Mick, were, to have to play with Mick and then have Mick as a coach now is pretty, pretty. I think it's pretty special. You know, we're building something at Werribee. Uh, we're we're a firm believer. We've got the next couple of years, which Mick just signed a two year deal. Uh, is going to be massive for us. Um, he's the right man for the job. But yeah, like, no, Mick's great, mate. He, as a player. He was fantastic, and as a coach, you know, he's, he's learning, but he's getting better every day. And yeah, it's a, it's, it's a fun journey to be on, really. So as a young fellow at North Albury, let me guess, was it um, the great recruiter from Werribee, Mark Stone, that grabbed you from up in the ovens of Murray and brought you down to um, Churnside Park? Yeah, yeah, Stoney and um, his offsider at the time was Ange Cristoforo, who uh, I've got to give him a shout-out because he's my player sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Stoney, Stoney rung me up um, and said, I actually had Coburg uh, ring me as well, but Stoney rung me up and Stoney, I don't know, he 
you get on the show much, but he's a very persistent fella. He'll probably yeah. call you up and ask for an interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was on last week. <laughs> yeah, was he? Yeah, no, Stoney's a legend, mate. And, uh, yeah, he got me down. And, um, yeah, I've, yeah, we're been from Albury. I grew up in West Albury. Uh, wherever you was like a... Um, the closest thing to a country club down in the big smoke that I could get, and it was fantastic. I'm just so happy. I've never looked back, so I can't thank Stoney and Ange enough for that, really. You finally had the opportunity this year when Werribee had a buy to actually go back and play for, I think, is it North Albury up there? Yeah, North Albury, yeah. How did you find that experience going back just for the one week? Yeah, well, there's a bit of a backstory there. I'm able to share it now. I um, One of my best mates got uh, cancer back home. He got diagnosed that week, and um, he uh, he called me up, and, um, you know, there's, there's a few tears there, but uh, and he said that oh, if you could come back this week and play, uh, that'd mean the world. And, um, uh, boys, oh, we had a game at Richmond on that Wednesday night, and um, I was very privileged that... Um, I was very lucky, actually, that Mark... Michaelis and Mick Barlow and Mark Penaluna, our CEO, uh, without a, without hesitation, um, said, no worries, mate, go home, um, play a game and uh, prepare for Wednesday after that. And yeah, so I loved it, mate. I'm, yeah, as I said, all my, all my good back, uh, a lot of my good mates are still playing back home. So, yeah, it was fantastic and uh, put a few smiles on faces, which was very good. So, yeah. That's I, great I, to I hear. Yeah, that's fantastic to hear, Don. Great gesture by you, mate. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit, a little bit about Hudson Garoni. Uh, he's, I like, yeah. I like the way he goes about it. He's a bit of an excitement machine. Uh, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about Hudson? He's, he bobs up and kicks a few goals every now and then. He's got some pretty good pr- pressure around that forward line. Um, yeah. yeah. What's What's Hudson like as a teammate? Yeah, Huddy's good. I don't know. I've had a fair bit to do with Huddy. Uh, he's a Wodonga boy, so he's just across the river back home. Um. He was, uh, yeah, he's, had a, he's, he's in his, uh, he's, at the very start of his journey, he's going to be a star. Um, but yeah, when he first rocked into the club, that was actually quite funny. He won't mind me saying it, but he was a little bit packing, a, packing one too many singers in the backpack. And uh, <laughs> he, there was a few conversations and, um, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty straight shooter and we had a chat and he's got to come back the next year and rip and shape and, um, you know, that led to him. Obviously, it was a bit of interrupted with COVID, but he uh, popped up a few goals, and, and this year he's done the same. Um, he's going to find, you know, as we all know, key forwards like uh, they're going to get the, they usually get the biggest and best defender. So um, he's he's working well. Uh, probably hasn't been as consistent as he would have liked, but uh, he's going to he's he's genuinely going to rip the top apart in a couple of years' time when he he grows into himself. It's uh, it's actually pretty good to watch, to be honest, yeah. You would have been absolutely wrapped this year when um, Werribee picked up uh, Oliver Hanrahan. Like, he's been a real great acquisition for the Werribee Football Club. Do you think his um, stay's going to be short there? Because I've got a feeling an AFL club will probably pick him up again. Um, not too sure. Oliver's been great. He's uh, come into the, um, the Werribee system really well. Um, yeah, hopefully for Ollie, like... I know we've got a pretty good track record at wherever you of like going up to the high level every year. Um, ho- hopefully we can hang on to him. Um, I actually get along with Paul pretty well. I had a few chats with him and um, we sat next to each other on the way up into Brisbane on the weekend. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully we can hang on to him, but uh, he's loving it. I can assure you he loves it at Werribee. And, um, yeah, I, yeah, club, 
sides are looking at him, they'd be they'd be very uh, inclined to pick him up because he's, he's a good player. He's doing really well. Well, Dom, I really appreciate you joining us tonight. Uh, fantastic um, insight of what's going on down at where you some of the teammates and I guess how they've uh, performed or how they've improved, especially with Hudson Garoni and Tommy Google, as you mentioned. He's just a ball magnet, absolute ripper. Tom, um, Dom, good luck for the, the last two games of the, of the year. I know there's a mathematical chance. I know the boys will fight right to the end to try and make it. And, uh, yeah, good luck. Hopefully it eventuates for you boys, and thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dom. Uh, no worries. Thanks for having me, fellas. Take it easy. Take care, Dom. Dom Brew there, absolute ripper. What a what a great man. Got a great insight too. Loved how open and honest he spoke of his teammates and how much that improved. Yeah. Especially with the Hudson Garoni story. Because he's kicked he's kicked twenty four goals this year, yeah. Hudson Garoni, and he's had forty scoring shots. So I mean he's he's the one who'll take a next step. He's a very good player, Hudson and Garoni. Can I, can I just say what a great gesture by the world before yeah, that was club good. To, yeah, to let Dom go up and represent North Albury's old football club because a friend up there um, had just been diagnosed with cancer. So well done to Mark McAuliffe, um, Mark Penaluna and Michael Barlow there for releasing Dom, um, especially considering he probably only had, what, three days between games and then had another, I think, week before he had to back up. So he played probably three games in 10 days or something like that. It's a fantastic uh, gesture by yeah. Werribee Football Club to allow a VFL player to do that. Yeah, yeah. I think it would have been highly appreciated by the community up there in Aubrey. So well yeah. done to the Werribee Football Well done to Dom for... For, for doing it as well. Uh, yeah. One thing I do want to talk about just quickly, um, we do appreciate, yeah, Dom, Dom joining us on the line tonight. And um, one thing I do want to talk about, though, Laoshi, we did say last week that we are going to do the Canteen uh, Trophy. Now, I've got to apologise to our loyal listeners. I've um, had a bit of an update. Yep. A few, few clubs have made a late play, Laoshi. Yep, they've, uh, they've, they've said that they're going to uh, try and improve in the last two weeks. So we're going to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. And we're going to give until the end of the end of the home and away season yeah. for everyone, for our, our correspondents to get back to us and see if anything has changed in any clubs. Because if it has, we'll have to note that because we're so, we're still got two rounds to go. Okay, I'm going to give you a scenario before we get the next guest on. What happens if Preston pulls out the big guns? They're, they're, they're done. No, no. Preston's uh, put the queue in the rack, Laoshi. Have they? Have they? That's their last game of the season. Yeah, well, yeah, okay, they can't do it then. Pull yeah, they out, put the queue in yeah, the rack. They, they can't put, um, pull out Steve Papel and Wag, Wag to man the um, pizza oven and the, That's the, what bar- we, the barbecue. So, yep, they're done. We did our so, passionate play last week yep. and it didn't eventually. Um, so, we tried our best for, for Preston. Is Werribee still a chance? Have they still got a home Werribee, game? Werribee is still mathematically a chance to win both. There's yeah. still a chance to, to well, make the finals. There's still I, a chance to win. I'll so, tell you what, if Mark Penaluna gets on the phone and get Stoney and Ben Carbonara on the barbecue. Bar- barbecue, they will win it. Yeah, they I will reckon, win it. I reckon they'll be almost a red hot favourite. And then the arch enemy, Williamstown, they've got the Portello. Got and the Portello. I, mate, I tell you what, Cameron Townsend, he actually loves the Portello. He actually doesn't go to Port Melbourne games anymore. He just goes to Williamstown games for Portello. So Portello uh, is a is it's a, a great drop. It's a great. But drop. in saying that, you got to have the Kirks one. I'm a bigger fan of the Kirk's Portal than the Riverport Laoshi. Oh, uh, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. If Williamstown bring in the Chico roll, we might have a dead heat. We could. We could. We could. So, uh, uh, yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, me and Laoshi both vote. So we go, yeah. go off our separate ways. We don't uh, – it's not like uh, uh, the block where they sit in there and they influence each other's votes. We uh, we go and do our own private votes and uh, come back together and uh, – We'll have our winner. I'd say we'll do it week one of the finals, Lashy. We'll do it. Yep. We'll do it week one of the finals. I'll give everyone, everyone a chance to 
because everyone's talking about this trophy, Lashi. Yeah. People come to you, come to me, and say, "What's yeah. what's you know grounds? What's going on? Who's winning? Who do you think well, are we doing enough?" Some clubs ask, "Are we doing enough? I, what can we do?" So, man, I get Cameron Cameron ringing me up on Mondays asking me how 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 the feeds have been on the weekend and all that. So, you know, um, this will be close. Very this, close. Like I've said, if Mark Penaluna can convince Mark Stone and Benny Carbonara to man the barbecue. They're home. I think they they're, could be. They're could home. Be. We'll actually present it down at Avalon Airport. So, so the ball's in the few clubs' courts. If they yep. if they want to want to have a real tilt at winning this, yep. the opportunity's there. So it's a few clubs, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it to them. We're going to go to a break now, though. We're going to be back after the break. Really looking forward to chatting this man, Lockie George, from four clubs. He started in, in, in um, Ballarat as a young fella, decided to go down to Tassie, which is a very unique move. Mm. Then went... Went to Box Hill, then back to the Roosters, and then ended his career at Williamstown Football Club. Going to have a chat to Lockie George after the break. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. LP Antiques and Collectibles. Aaliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. MR Davids Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM, 3WBC and 3WBC Football. Ready, set. For easy, automatic trucks, budget's good to go. One of Australia's largest rental fleets at great rates. All you need is a regular car licence. Book now at budgettrucks.com.au or call 13 27 27. With Budget, you're good to go. Budget Rent-A-Car Blackburn is a proud sponsor of 94.1 FM 3WBC. Welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM 3WBC. We're at the halfway show, point of our show. And normally um, at 7.45, we have our VFA, VFL Legends segment. It was being brought forward a little bit tonight, and uh, we have an absolute ripper on the line. Uh, life member of the VFL, got to 175 games, which I'm so wrapped he did. Uh, four clubs, Tasmania, Box Hill, North Ballarat, and Williamstown. 2013 VFL Team of the Year, he was in the team. And he joins us on the line now, Lockie George. Lockie, welcome to VFL Rewind, and uh, thanks, thanks for joining us. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me. G'day, Lockie. Lowry speaking. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about your background. You started at North Ballarat and then moved down to Tasmania. Is that correct? Yeah, that is yeah. correct, mate. Yeah. yeah. How, how did so, that come about? Um, so, obviously, I was a North Ballarat boy, or Ballarat boy, then a uh, Rebels junior and stuff. Um, played the first year there in the VFL, and then uh, we had a bit of family tragedy, actually, um, towards the end of that year, and... I uh, just thought it was probably time for just having a little bit of a change of scenery and see what was going on. So, um, yeah, I got recruited down to Tasmania and, yeah, we went went from there. Did you enjoy it? How many years were you down there and did you enjoy it down there? Uh, it was just the one year down there. Okay. Um, yeah, that was good. We had a, we had a good bunch of fellas then, actually, um, uh, which it was just like a big country club. So it was, it was quite good and quite enjoyable to be a part of. But that was actually the last year of the Devils down there, weren't they? Um, they went to their own state league competition after that, so yeah, only had the one year down there. And who got you across to Box Hill after that? Was there any promises that you might be recruited to Hawthorne if you joined Box Hill, or was it just uh, a mutual friend, or was it um, were they just impressed with your year at Tasmania? Um, well, it was a little bit funny how it came about. I, um, I was actually destined for the Sandstorm. I was going to go across there. 
with a coach that I later rekindled with. But um, I I got a phone call off Box Hill. Uh, I think they come from a connection uh, to the family that, that has been part of down there. And they give me a buzz and said, oh, do you want to come down for a train and run? So I went down there for a train and run and actually really enjoyed that. They had a really good bunch of fellas there and made me feel welcome. And yeah, it's just one of those things I just thought, oh, I might keep coming back. So that's... Yeah. So you moved to the the big smoke against Melbourne and uh, yeah, pl- played for the Box Hill Hawks. Were you, were you still commuting from up near Ballarat when you were playing for Box Hill or did you move down to Melbourne when you were playing there? Yeah, no, I, um, I wasn't near the big smoke and the big smoke and I don't really see eye to eye. I commuted, boys, um, <laughs> the, long, the long trek. Uh, and that's sort of how I started a bit of life outside of footy. So, um, yeah, two nights, a, two or three nights a week, depending on what we were doing, training-wise. Uh, the long drive down, the long drive up. Clocking up the Ks, that's for sure. Uh, when you were at the, um, at the Box Hill Hawks, um, who was your, your coaches and that? And I guess, um, do you still keep in touch with any of the Box Hill Hawks boys today? Yeah, look, um, coach-wise, it was, it was a little bit funny and ironic how it came about. So... Originally, when I first went down there, they hadn't appointed a coach at that stage, and then they told me who the coach was. So the coach was actually, the first year coach was Brendan Bolton. Um, and when I was down in Tassie, we had to have a local club assigned to us, uh, and Clarence was my local club that they assigned us to, and the guys who sort of got us a, a job, and um, Brendan Bolton was the coach of Clarence, <laughs> and then towards the end of that year, or the next year, he's... He turns over Ball Hill, so we actually had a little bit of knowledge of Brendan and and, uh, and stuff like that. So it was it was quite good that way. And um, look, I I used to catch up with the boys, some of the boys a, a bit, but as life goes on and people get busy, um, you know they they go their own separate ways. But I still keep the close eye on a few of the boys and and what they're doing uh, either with footy or outside of footy, and they have it going quite well. So it's good. So, so I'm guessing after you finished at Box Hill, the great Jared Fitzgerald, was it, um, got on the phone and got you back home to um, North Ballarat? Oh, I actually picked up the phone myself. Um, <laughs> or yeah. did. So, uh, North Ballarat were a little bit dirty on me leaving. Um, yeah. I, I think they'd be happy with me saying that. Uh, and I rang up 50 after two years at Box Hill. Um, and uh, the long drives were starting to take its toll. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and I actually I rang Fitz in today. Fitz, uh, I want to come back. And he said, "Well, I don't know why you left in the first place." <laughs> and I said, well, "Well, let's try and bury a hatchet there, Fitz. We won't we won't worry about that." Uh, and then yeah, so it was good. I, I went and had to catch up with him, and, and he said, uh, "Right, I will." We'll be, we'll be keen to, to have you back and away we went. So I actually picked up the phone now and I just want to come home. I was just uh, travelling the Melbourne weekend bad enough, let alone trying to do a couple of days a week. So. Yeah, yeah, you and, you and Fitzy have something in common there, actually. Uh, I think Fitzy's from, is it Mount Elephant? I'm probably wrong if I've, I've I think said something. Mount Elephant? Yeah, that's, Mount Elephant, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's Mount it. Elephant, that's right. He used to mention... Yeah, he used to mention that he used to... Well, we had him on oh, probably two years ago, and he used to mention he used to travel from there to when he was coaching Springvale. So, I mean, yeah, big commitment from, from both his fellas. So, you got, yeah, you got something in common that you were, yeah, trekking up that uh, Western Highway. You were clocking up the Ks, that's for sure. Yeah, no, no, it was... Uh, well, I knew the highlight on the back of the end, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I wasn't too bad. I mean, yeah, outside of footy, 
always do a few days anyway, so I sort of didn't really worry me too much. So um, we got used to it, but it was just at a stage where I just thought it was gone. We, uh, I had a very interesting coach under Darren Treswell when we were down at Tasmania, very good footy brain. Uh, and then obviously Brendan Bolton and the and then uh, with the start of the Hawthorne, they just come off the back of their flag in LA uh, and their game plan. And, you know, as a young fellow, it was pretty good to learn uh, lots of things like I did. And, you know, and then obviously you go back to a coach that had me under the, in the TAC Cup and then the first year of AFL. So it was, it was good just to go back and reach in with some guys that I'd actually played a bit of footy with and, and knew pretty well. And, yeah, so it was, yeah, the journey was... It was different, but it was, yeah, it was good. Talking, talking about the journey, there was one more stop in that journey, and that was the Williamstown Football Club. How did that come about? Because obviously you were referring to that you nearly ended up at the SANFL and then um, yep. reconnected with that person who who was coaching in South Australia, and that obviously was the great Andy Collins. But um, how did that move across to Williamstown come in the end? Yeah, um, the caller actually got on the phone. Um, I think he sat in with one of the other boys because there was obviously a few of us North other boys that, that ended up in Williamstown that year. Yeah. Um, I think he was talking to one of the other players over at coffee and he probably thought that once the North Fellow of England had wound up that, um, you know, like a lot of the other guys, they would continue being Ballarat and um, and just play local footy. But I sort of uh, didn't feel I was, I was ready for that at that stage and kind of actually picked up the phone and want to catch up for a coffee and one thing led to another and uh, yeah um, I was pretty keen to, to go down there and, and, and obviously play on the collar who uh, you know we'd, we'd obviously spoken a few times and, and had discussions with about about playing obviously not just at Willie but previously when he was over in West Adelaide then as well so um, yeah, go down there they had some good guys that I'd jostled with I actually had a conversation that I'm not sure some of the boys would probably want to play with me, and he sort of said, "Well, probably guys would rather play with you than against you." So it was good. So I went down there and caught up with the boys, and yeah, it was to be quite honest, that was uh, that was a very enjoyable year. That year, a very enjoyable year. What are your What are your thoughts about Ballarat not being in the VFL anymore? Because it's, it's such a shame that you've got a fantastic facility up there, Mar Stadium now, and um, but there's no a state league club up there anymore, and. What would your thoughts be if the VFL were looking at sort of re-establishing regional teams and Ballarat would be one of the first ones that I would definitely look at re-establishing? Look, I'm, uh, I'm a massive advocate for re-establishing regional VFL teams. Mm. Um, I, I said at the time I was disappointed the way things ended with the VFL in Ballarat. Um, extremely disappointed, not only for myself but a lot of the young guys coming through um, I think we've got a fantastic thing outside of just the footy precinct here with the university and I look at a lot of the guys that have that I've played with over the years that have come to university and, and really really good footballers that have, have come to North Carolina as well in the NFL and you know um, there's, there's been some very good teams obviously through the, the premiership era that they had as well but throughout the years uh, the development of some of those guys um, in that regional area has been fantastic and showed that we could mix it with the best of anyone whenever we whenever we needed to top thing. Um, and I think it's a necessity for, I reckon, that 
next tier clubs underneath. So obviously when they, the VFL reserves went, I think you look at the Ballarat League and, and the other leagues, um, Geelong League and all these leagues like that, benefit from guys who are on VFL list, either stronger, better pre-seasons, uh, they develop more. Um, so I think, like, I'm a massive advocate and I thought it was great when we had it. Um, and I still think the Bendigo side things when that dissipated too. Like, I was sad to see that go because another regional area where young kids or young fellows coming through, they've either got to go to Melbourne or they they go to Adelaide or wherever they need to go. And all of a sudden, we start losing good guys out of the areas. And, you know, country footy... Country footy it's been hit pretty hard by COVID, but I think it's also been hit by not having these regional teams where you lose really good guys to Melbourne and they spend three, four, five, six, seven years and they might never come back. So I'm a massive advocate to try and get that high-level uh, footing back in the regional areas. Um, and, yeah, I'll, I'll continue to stay that way, but whether that happens or not, yeah, it'd be good if it happened. I mean, yeah, North Ballarat, they were a very great era um, with, yeah, with Fitzy leading, leading the way. And, um, yeah, it was such a shame what happened. Um, it, it, they just, it was like they, you know, they just climbed Everest in terms of everything got put into place with the puzzle. The facility had just been done and, yeah, the, the, um, the license was withdrawn. I uh, did want to go a step back, though. 2013, um, VFL yep. Team of the Year, um, named on the half-forward flank, um, what can you remember of that season? Um, it's pretty pretty great honour. I know they have the big deal at the the crown when when you win team of the year. But um, looking back now on your on your career, is that one of your, I guess one of your favourite individual moments that you um had? Uh, yeah. So eight nine ten. Um, I Thirteen was was a great year. Don't get me wrong. I thought I had pretty good years in twelve, eleven and twelve. The first year back was eleven, eleven twelve. I thought I had pretty strong years as well. Um, Thirteen. Obviously, not recognised or whatever, but um, yeah. Whilst individual individually it comes along great, I think we had good teams around us and that as well, which you know we couldn't quite get to where we wanted to. But team success is the ultimate, you know, of what I wanted. And, um, didn't quite get what I wanted with that, so close, but didn't quite get that. So I was envious of the guys that did. But yeah, look, great honour. Um, as I was in the year and. And to play in the state game and be on the half or flank. And uh, yeah, just just final one from me. As you mentioned, uh, yeah, you commute a lot um, as your day job. Um, if you want to, um, not if you want to, but if you want to give you a business, bit of business, a plug on our on our show, um, feel free to let us everyone everyone know what you're doing these days and uh, yeah, how the how the old trucks going on going along these days. Uh, trucks are going along. I, uh, I don't commute anymore, boys. So I. Um was uh, yeah the end of 2018 uh, the business was at the stage where or well, actually during 2018 I, I stepped out of it so um uh, yeah I basically just push a pen around a bit now um, dump in occasionally when I have to but uh, nah just, just up here on the farm mate you know a bit of an office role and as long as the wheels are turning I'm happy so you have to change your nickname then it's no longer truck then <laughs> Well, Lockie, we really appreciate you joining us tonight. You're reminiscing about a great career, one of my favourites. Always wore your heart in your sleeve, and always love watching you play. So, uh, yeah, thanks for all the memories that you gave us. And uh, yeah, um, good luck on the farm. Hopefully, uh, yeah, you got a. What, what are you? Are you growing? Um, a seed? I'm oh, not seed. Um, uh, like um, hay, or I don't know nothing about farms. Uh, nah, you're all, you're all, all good. All good. Uh, so, yeah, 
Yeah, we'll we'll stick around that up here and uh, tell me he's got some cows and shit. But, uh, oh, beautiful. Yeah, so it's not too bad. So hopefully we have a good harvest and... Uh, and I'll be having Beautiful. Well, thanks for joining us, Lucky George. Lo- Lucky George, there, absolute ripper. Thanks, man. Great man. Uh, great. I was so wrapped that night. He got a life membership, uh, 175 games, thoroughly yeah. deserved. And uh, yeah, one of the good guys of the VFL uh, four clubs. And yeah, great journey. Uh, we're going to go to a break now, though. We're going to be back after the break. We're going to have Tom O'Sullivan, the skipper of the Portman Football Club, who just clocked over 150 games in the VFL. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. LP Antiques and Collectibles. Aaliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. MR Davids Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM 3WBC and 3WBC Football. And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM at 3WBC. We're at the point of our last special guest of the evening, and this man is an absolute ripper. All our three guests tonight have been absolute first-class blows. Just mm. guys you'd want to play footy with, I think. Uh, and this man uh, clocked over 150 games. It's been a fantastic journey. Uh, as we mentioned, started in the number 55, Lausch, in yep. 2013. And um, ever since then, he's almost cemented his, his spot in the senior team at Port Melbourne Football Club. Been one of the loyal men, been great to watch as well. And he joins us on the line now, Tom O'Sullivan. Tom, welcome to VFR Rewind and thanks for taking our call. How you going, guys? Thanks for having me. G'day, Tom. Lausche speaking. Congratulations on 150 games um, against the Gold Coast on the weekend. Um, tell us a little bit of how you got down to Port Melbourne because we were debating this in the studio before. You did train with the Northern Blues before heading to Port Melbourne, didn't you? Yeah, no, I... Um was lucky enough to uh, play a couple of years at Old Crawford Grammarians and um, Stevie Lawrence uh, was the senior coach down there. And um, after our 2012 season, um, he, yeah, he said, mate, should give their fella a go and, and pushed um, Port Melbourne's case, um, being a past player himself. So, um, yeah, I'd spent a, a half a pre-season down at um, the Volants, but, yeah, just with the old man and, and uncle down there, I just... Thought I'd give it a go on my own and uh, come down to a standalone team like Port Melbourne. And yeah, you arrived at the borough in 2013. Uh, the great Gary Ayres was coach. Uh, a lot of the great, uh, I guess, players from the 2011 Premiership were still there. There's a lot of, a, I guess, a, a lot of a senior group there. And um, I guess wanted to talk a little bit about 2014. Uh, it was a it was a great year for the club. Uh, unfortunately, fell in the prelim final. But um, how was it playing with guys like you know uh, Johnny Baird, uh, uh, Sam Fleming? Um, yeah, there was some really great leadership. Toby Pimmel obviously stayed until 2017, but he was there as well. Um, what was it like to play with some of these guys? Because I can see a lot of your leadership almost a little bit comes from the way them guys were as well, which was just first class. Yeah, no, I, took a, I tried to absorb as much as I could um, from those guys, but the whole side was stacked with um, leaders. Um, Margaret Frigiani was captain of Sandingham as well. And James Magnet played... Uh, AFL, Julian Rowe, um, yeah, if you look back now, that side was, was pretty stacked and um, yeah, there was just leaders on every line and 
Um, obviously, Beardy was the, the main man and, and Plum was the general down back and, and he was barking instructions. But, yeah, to play with, to get a taste um, of playing Port Melbourne football with those guys um, really, yeah, really held me in good stead going into the future, I reckon. One of the questions I need to ask you, Tommy, is you're, what, 30, 31 now? Yeah, 31. Yeah, 31. 31. At any stage um, in the last, say, six to eight years, were there any AFL club approaches? Uh, no, not, uh, no, nothing formally came across. Um, I think in 2014, that was my first probably breakout year. Um, a few, few murmurs came across to say that people were looking at you, but you got to do it for a couple of years in a row, and... It's a different game of footy, the AFL um, style. I reckon I've found my niche um, at, the, at the VFL level and and uh, just enjoy my time down at Port and yeah, help help the boys get a win week to week. And how have you seen the new competition? Like you've sort of been exposed to it now for a year and a half. The the merged VFL and EFL competition. Um, uh, have you seen the the standard and um do you enjoy do you enjoy the um the interstate travel that's involved at some stages of the season yeah no i, I like the concept of um of traveling and playing against um more afl teams and southport have obviously got a strong side in as well so um they've only added um to the strength of the competition um i will say it feels a lot bit more like a younger competition now uh, with a couple of rules that have been brought in to um, yeah, to make sure that young kids are playing, which uh, I don't agree with entirely. Um, yeah. But yeah, obviously, it just feels like a bit more of a younger competition now. Yeah, it's definitely brought a different element to the VFL competition, that's for sure. Uh, I want to go back a little bit in time. 2015 at, at the Borough was a bit of a handing of the guard, I guess. A lot of the senior boys retired and then by 2017, the um, the Borough boys were absolutely flying again. Uh, almost um, probably what the last probably two months of the year, um, just 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 turned it on. Essentially, started playing some really good football. Um, what are some of your memories of 2017? Because uh, it was a magical year. That's that's for sure. It was uh, to to beat the, the one of the highlights. I guess I wanted to ask you about is beating Willie in that prelim because I think we all thought they they thought they were, they were just gonna I think just win, but. The Barrett spirit actually, yeah, come 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 from behind and beat them. Yeah, no, and, um, I think that that game, in, uh, the prelim was yeah, something something I'll always treasure because uh, yeah, they definitely came into that game thing and they uh, had us because I think they were the hot favourites going into that year and we were just um, played some good footy throughout the year and had some pretty lean patches as well. But um, yeah, I think we were playing good footy at the right time. Um, the group, as you said, changed over. Um, started to find our gears probably yeah, late to uh, middle half of the year, and and just really got rolling. A few home games at um, Port Melbourne in the finals helps, and um, yeah, just took uh, on the Richmond Juggernaut. But in 2017, and they were starting their AFL journey as well. Now at Port Melbourne, all those years you've only had the one, the one coach, and this year finally change came. How, um, how have you found the change of coach, and how does um, Adam compare to Gary? Um, yeah, now very lucky to just uh, have two coaches now at VFL level. Um, I was blessed to, to get Easy um, to walk in, and I think I'll tell the story. Of the loss in 2012 um, to the port side that 
um, the next week he was catching up with me um, to have a chat with me and I just thought he's, he's, uh, he's fair dinkum and he just wants to to make his uh, list as good as he can ready to go for uh, 2013 season um, and oh, as he Real coaches on on skill and and high work rate and passion and, and can get a group up and, and you can feel his group if uh, no straight away when the session wasn't going the way he wanted it to go and, and pulled us up but um, it, like everything everything does have to come to an end and I think the timing uh, has worked out all right with Scrob coming in um, he's brought a new new fresh voice especially with someone like myself that has been. Only had the one coach. Nice to um, learn some different ways to go about it and different um, skill set. Him being in the AFL, fresh coming straight out of it, um, fresh game plan. Um, boys, as you can see now, we've been better in the second half of the year once yeah. it started to, to gel. Um, uh, but yeah, it's more system based style of coaching, and I can't speak highly enough of Adam's work rate to um, just put in the effort and and just the amount of um, yeah, vision and and one-on-one coaching he does and phone calls throughout the whole day. Um, yeah, he definitely is not leaving one stone unturned, that's for sure. And how about yourself, Doss? You seem to be really enjoying your football. Can we see you run around for maybe another two or three years at state league level and possibly bring up the 200-game um, mark at Port Melbourne? <laughs> yeah, I'm still loving my footy, and, and that probably does help that um, Adam has has come down to the club, as it says, with a fresh voice and freshened things up and he's given me a new role um, through the midfield um, that probably could allow me to play a couple more years rather than um, <laughs> just running around trying to get a kick. But, um, no, mate, as I said, if uh, if Adam wants me and, and it worked out for me, um, yeah, I'm more than happy to uh, keep playing and keep testing myself against the best. But... I do hold myself at pretty high stand. If I'm not contributing, I'm not going to be wasting my time or anyone else's time either. So. Uh, final question from me, Tom. Uh, the, the Port Melbourne uh, team this year started off pretty uh, not great, but I think I think everyone will agree that probably the past probably eight weeks, uh, especially I think um, probably that Box Hill game was or for me the turning point. But uh, what can you, I guess, for, for the supporters who are, who are listening, um, what's sort of your message to, I guess, the, the future and you know, so what what the future holds for, for the Port Melbourne Football Club because it's definitely been an exciting second half of the year. Yeah, no, we've got a uh, young group and they're all BFL-level um, players. Um, but as you'll find with a with young group, a bit of inconsistency, um, not everyone playing well at the same time has probably hurt us. Um, and a few of those games early on in the year, um, a group of us would be playing well, and then the next week, a group of us wouldn't be playing well. So just to get that consistent level of performance um, from from majority of players out there is probably where you get that consistency um, in games, and then obviously leads to more wins. So it's um, something the group is well aware of, and, and the amount of hard work, and as I said, Adam's leading that. Um, we're trying to upskill players as quick as he can um, and bring them up to the level. Um, through vision and through just one-on-one coaching and line coaches and Heath Scotland's been unreal with that um, it's just something that we just need to fast track and um, just make sure that we keep the group together and as I said um, to the boys the other week, if they make this their club, um, yeah, they'll be successful for this group down the track well, whether, um, get to hang on or not Well Tom, we really appreciate you joining us tonight uh, thank you very much for the insight, well done on 150 games and uh, yeah, thanks for joining us on VFR Rewind 
Thanks, Tom. Uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks, boys. Uh, thanks, Tom. That's a wrap of the show. Liashi, Liashi, thank you once again for joining us. See you next week. See you next week. Paul Hooper is on now with Fizzy Nights. See you all again next week.